Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. This text comes in from Cactus Jack on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, Brian Burke is your best guest. He is a combination of Don Sherry, Ken Holland, and Gary Bettman. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Well, yesterday, a... Uh, story moved and i actually found it because uh, steven sandor who is the editor of avenue magazine at edmonton tweeted out a link to it game zero the spread of virus linked to a champions league match we've had steve on the show before we often see him down at rogers place uh working for a couple publications uh but he knows soccer as well as anybody does in the city of Edmonton, and this is quite a story out of Italy. So we welcome back to the show uh, Edmonton-based writer and the editor of Avenue Magazine, Steve Sandor. Steve, how are you? Oh, I'm doing uh, fine, thanks, considering the circumstances. Yes, and it's uh, tough on everybody. Uh, hey, look, uh, let's get to it here. Give us the Coles Notes version. Uh, the story again moved on the AP Wire, AP News. Game zero, the spread of virus linked to the Champions League match. We've tweeted it out through our Oilers Now account. What happened here? Okay, so we're back and go back to February, and, and coronavirus is becoming a concern in Europe, but not enough to shut everything down yet. Um, and there's a perfect storm that kind of happens around the game between in the Champions League between Atalanta, who are kind of a Cinderella story out of Italy, a team that you'd never kind of, you know, put up with the Juventuses and the Romas and AC Milans. But they this is a year they get in the Champions League, um, and they're playing Valencia, one of the Spanish powers, in the Champions League uh, uh, playoff match, or two matches. Now, they hadn't shut down the stadiums yet, but to even add to this perfect storm, 
Atalanta Stadium in Bergamo, Italy is being renovated. So they're playing all their games at the San Siro in Milan, meaning all their fans have to get on trains. And we know how easy train travel is in, 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 in Europe, and we know how easy it is for the Spanish fans to get on trains. But obviously, if you've ever been on a train going to a game, like to a road game in Europe, I have. It's packed. It's like taking the subway at rush hour, except for like a two-hour trip, right? Like, you'll be packed together. I've done it from London to Manchester for a game. Um, for an England game, and and it is it is it's normally a really great atmosphere in there. Everyone's together singing songs and stuff, but in this case, you're putting together a bunch of fans at the start of this um, epidemic or pandemic, which is obviously has become. And now the a lot of medical officials and the mayors uh, involved have said that this has been a a huge case and probably a, a huge start of the spread of of COVID nineteen in Italy and in Spain. Um, I think I think a large percentage of Valencia's team is now positive, and uh, Atlanta's keeper is positive. So it's not just the fans spreading it, but it was spread on on the pitch as well. So it, it looks like this has been called like the biological bomb. I think that was one of the the terms used in that story, Bob, that you that you uh, shared. All right. Well, one of the extenuated there's a couple extenuating circumstances, and you can you know provide clarity if if need be. Uh, there are a lot of Chinese now in northern Italy uh, that are involved in um, the clothing industries. Milan's, of course, the fashion capital of the world. And Italy, and correct me if I'm wrong here, they've had a little bit of a history of racism, specifically against uh, uh, you know African players. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, in 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 December, even, and I, uh, I I think I shared that with you, Bob. But uh, one of the major Italian sports newspapers, Gazzetta della Sport, which is you know something that is you know a must read for everyone, um, actually ran a headline in English uh, referring to uh, black players of prominence in the Italian league called Black Friday, and it was the most tasteless like wow kind of this is the 21st century really kind of uh headline that you would see it was exceptionally cringeworthy but italy and spain too and in other parts of europe they're still fighting this perception of race and i think we all know about mario balatelli the the issues he's had on the italian national team as as being a black player playing for the italian national team and the kind of uh stuff that he's had to go through and the comments that have been made about him and race and I think that you into a situation now where in Europe, obviously, no hard borders because it is the European Union. It's easy to travel. Um, you know, you're, you're, you don't have these borders to cross, as well as the pressure to keep the borders open because, and let's face it, Europe has also taken a lot of criticism over its handling of Syrian refugees. A lot of countries have. Um, so over the last few years, a lot of these things have really um, created this situation where the, you know obviously the pressure was on to keep the borders open as long as they possibly could uh, because of the perception that would be out there that uh, that um, that that this would be um, seen as not a medical move but as yet another sort of racially insensitive move from um, a society that has a little bit of a history of it. I know maybe people are going to bristle when I say that, but. Um, you know, race is still a very, very big issue in European soccer, um, and it's, it's actually reared its ugly head uh, probably more more often now in the last couple of years than it has um, before in the last few years before that. So, um, you know, and, and and another pressure was that Atlanta was having this. As I said, Cinderella season. So, if there's any team that doesn't want to stop playing, um, you know, 
they have a lot more to lose than probably any other team in the Champions League because they're a team that it was like Leicester a few years ago in England that have come out of nowhere and have have exploded onto the scene. And, you know, they they wanted to keep that Cinderella story going. So you could imagine if there was, you know, just imagine the kind of pressure if, like, the New York Knicks had been good this season for the first time in the NBA and, like, you know, since we can remember um, for them to keep the season going. And, in fact, we even know the Knicks had pushed to keep the season going even though they had, you know, are terrible as they always are. But I think there's so much pressures that were, were there and, and I think it shows just, just what can happen if, if the authorities let these sporting events keep going throughout the world. The kind of risk, I know some people poo-poo the risk, but there is risk out there. All right, so my, I guess my point in this is is there was a feeling amongst many in Italy that they had to be socially open. Uh, some would say left of center from an ideological perspective because of some historic and systemic racism against specific groups. You had mayors and cities saying, hey, you know, you gotta, you got to hug each other and care about each other. And, you know, and here's an opportunity where you have this team uh, at Atlanta who, correct me if I'm wrong, the team's based in Bergamo. Is that right? That's right. But they play the games in Milan right now because their stadium is being renovated. So, again, this, the whole idea is everyone's got to get on a train to get to the game, right? It's not, How many fans were we talking? How many f- went went thirty five thousand? You know, okay. we're yeah, you know, we're talking two like two Oilers home games worth of fans, and they're all traveling together. They're singing together. They're drinking together. Uh, Italians communicate. You know, I mean, they, they kiss each other. Uh, th- that's one of the ways that some, not all, and I don't want to. You know, it's just it's a little bit. And so they're, they're, they have an open sort of culture and community, and they were unaware at that time, at the time of this. Was there any feeling, David, for them not to play? The, like, was anybody, uh, was, you know, Steve? I, I'd probably put it at this sort of level, and I would probably compare it to the San Jose situation. Um, okay, so you know, the week yep. before games were scrapped when Santa Clara kind of said, maybe you shouldn't play that game against the Leafs. Um, that home game and the game, home game against the Senators that they had after, and they they went ahead. Uh, I think it was we were at that level. Some teams were starting to play behind closed doors, but they hadn't quite decided yet on that match. And I, and I think again, it was just a very unique circumstance of Atlanta not having games at home because of the renovation that they had to play in in another stadium in another city. Uh, that led to a lot of travel. I mean, people travel through Europe like. It, we we know this. Like it, getting on a train to go anywhere to any city in Europe is easy. It's like getting on a subway, basically. Um, right. It's 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 not, it, it, but it doesn't mean it's not crowded. And of course, the other thing that Atlanta beats the heck out of Valencia, so the fans are gonna be celebrating. Right. This is gonna be a celebratory mood. You know, not just going there for the anticipation of this big game, but coming back home when everyone's just geared up because you know the team has come through with an impressive win. And at the time, nobody knew about the severity of the spread at that stage. I think they did, but I still think it was. I still think it, at that time was somebody else's problem. Right? I, I still think that that you know it's a lot of thinking, like we see from from some factions of society that oh, it can't possibly affect me. It can't happen here. Um, you hit on something. You talked about the fact that there were players on uh, multiple players in the case of Valencia have come down with coronavirus. Is soccer a sport? that is more susceptible i mean you cover hockey as well is soccer perhaps a sport that might be more susceptible to transmission than i think by nature i think soccer and basketball and i think you know the nba the positive tests we're seeing uh and the world of soccer there's been a lot and i mean they were slow to stop soccer in europe um 
you know, they, it's to stop now. But, you know, there were some leagues still playing last week. Like the Turkish League was still playing last week, and some leagues in Eastern Europe were still playing. Um, so they were slow to slow it down. Um, but I think it's just the nature of, of I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor, and I'm going to put this out to everyone. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. But I think you just look at the, the, the positive cases in soccer and in the NBA. And I mean, I coach youth basketball, and, and I'll tell you, like, you know, you're not wearing a lot. Like, there's sweaty kids, or in, in my level, are smashing into sweaty kids. And it's just like you have in the NBA, you know, guys who don't wear sleeves, guys who are in shorts, and they're smashing into each other. Um, and same with soccer. I mean, there's a lot of contact in the bo- on corners, on free kicks. There's a lot of bodily contact. Um, I know a lot of people don't think of them as contact sports, but there's a heck of a lot of contact that goes on. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's definitely true for football and, and, and hockey as well. But, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a doctor. And, you know, a doctor might call and say, Steve, you know, you know so I'm not, I'm not ever going to proffer this as a medical advice. But, you know, they don't wear as much equipment as some other sports do. So there's a lot more sort of body-on-body contact that is, you know, there's no really layers between them. But, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I just say what we do know, there's a heck of a lot of players in Europe who've come down positive. There's a lot more NBA players who've come down positive than we've seen NHL players come down positive or in, in really other sports of its caliber So that we're playing at this time. So I think, you know, you do have to say, why are those two sports seeming to have a much higher rate of spread than other ones right now? Editor of Avenue Magazine, Stephen Sandor, with us, Bob Stoffer with you as well. Stephen, you recall, I mean, soccer has changed over the years. Back in the 70s, uh, during the height of English uh, hooliganism, which took, you know, took us into the mid-1980s and had the, the one incident, I think, in the 85 Champions League final. I think it was, was it Juventus and Liverpool, if I recall. Liverpool, yeah, Heidel Stadium. Right, and, and uh, people are probably unaware of this, but at times there was not designated seating in soccer no and and they're actually bringing it back there's standing sections now they're feeling the games are safe enough that a lot of teams even in mls they're pushing to have uh, standing sections like they used to have back in the the day when you were talking about because you know hooliganism is not that kind of problem anymore um and the feeling is is that it can be done what they call safe standing um that it used to be and 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 i mean safe standing part of that was the middlesbrough tragedy as well where many liverpool fans were were you know during a stadium fire were terribly it was a a terrible tragedy perished um because stadium really wasn't built to handle that and um you get the crushes of people right like if you're standing and people will you know you have that thing so you have to make sure that they're safe standing but there is a push to start bringing it back simply for the atmosphere it brings simply because it can bring more people in a more affordable way into the game uh, but you know i think i think honestly something like this will give this pause like we're going to start thinking about that again that's going to be such a smart idea um and that's to have safe standing or bring it back to have that kind of close quarters um not not that sitting at a stadium or an arena or you know a sporting event doesn't bring you in close contact with your neighbor anyways but um i think they would rethink some of those things so steven uh the euro's been pushed to 2021 yeah. Uh, the World Cup, of course, uh, bought and paid for by 2022 uh, by the Qataris. Uh, what's your over-under on Champions League? Are we going to have a, a resolution to this? I, I, the thing is, is that the further you push this back, the further you start really impacting next season 
And, and, and again, these guys get paid by their clubs and not really by their countries. So the further back these things all get pushed back and pushing back the next season that comes after, then you start impacting things like Euro and World Cup qualifying because, you know what, like, I might play for France and play for Barcelona. Barcelona signs my paycheck, right? Like, like you, you got to know where your bread is buttered. And as much as we love international football, that's going to be the first thing that falls by the wayside. I would be, I would be less concerned about the professional game than I would be about the, that. Maybe there could be a lot of guys I could see if there's a big fixture congestion. If there's big fixture congestion next year, I'll try to get that out of my mouth. That I could see yeah. that there might be a few prominent players who say, "Well, maybe I ain't going to play Euro." Or maybe there's going to be some World Cup qualifying games where maybe a France is playing like a Gibraltar or something like that, where they're going, yeah, I don't need to send our superstars, right? That we can get by without this. Um, I just think that next year, the big question is going to be how many games, and I think this is going to be true for a lot of sports, can we ask athletes to physically play before the toll gets too great on them? Because I think the pileup of games in a lot of sports are going to be an issue. Stephen, you did a great job explaining that. So thanks again for joining us here on Oilers Now. We'll touch base down the road, okay? All right. Stay safe, everyone. That is Stephen Sandor. He is the editor of Avenue Magazine. Uh, he knows soccer like uh, nobody else's business in town. Again, the piece that ran on Associated Press yesterday, Game Zero, spread a virus link to Champions League match. It's almost like a... Uh, I hate to use the term perfect storm, but it's kind of like what it was. And when you read the piece, it's just, and there's some other factors in the mix and sort of the push for Italy to be more accepting and uh, open-minded and, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Oh, man, it's uh, it's uh, scary, scary stuff. 151, we'll wrap up the show when we return on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Jason from Sangudo has texted us on our Ashley Fine Floor text line. The one thing that always gets me is players taking their mouth guards out uh, during stoppages in play. Yeah, that's, that's a valid point. Again, the piece, uh, Game Zero, spread of the virus linked to Champions League match. I'd like to thank Stephen Sandor from Avenue Magazine for uh, educating us a bit on that front. Uh, during the course of the season, James H. Brown Injury Lawyers bring you the injury report. Obviously, things are quiet on uh, all fronts in that regard at the National Hockey League. Uh, we'll have ongoing coverage of COVID-19 and the coronavirus coming up with Eileen Bell at 2 o'clock and Jalen Nye. Uh, with 6.30 Chad Afternoons. Uh, speaking of James H. Brown, uh, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We are going to go to this day in Oilers history, and this is a day that made me smile back in 2003. 
Yeah, the Oilers clinching a playoff spot for the 19th time in franchise history. They beat Phoenix 4-3 on home ice. Mike York scored the winner on the power play midway through the third period. Oilers uh, lost in six games that year to Dallas. They gave it a pretty good run. I'd I'd assert to you they probably played about as well as they could have. Mike Comrie scored an overtime winner in the course of that series. Uh, Coming up tonight, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. What do you got? You will hear from former Oilers centerman and somebody who was really prevalent in that 2016-17 playoff year. Mark Latestu is on the show. Tomorrow, we are jam-packed. Western Hockey League Commissioner Ron Robison will join us. We'll talk about the fact that uh, this, uh, there no Memorial Cup played for this year. CHL Canadian Hockey League shutting down as well. And the challenges moving forward for the Western Hockey League. For our friends in the Alberta horse racing and breeding industry, horse racing, Alberta contributing $312 million in economic impact annually, Mark Spector. And for NHL Hockey and Rogers, a uh, favorite of many on Friday's Elliot Friedman. They'll all be joining us on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by 6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jayla and I. Stay safe, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.